behind every great design, behind every great collection, there is a narrative. Try to get to know the narrative of that designer. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to You Have to Wear Something. I'm still your host, Nicole Briggs. As always, you're stuck with me. And today, as always, is a special day because I get to talk about all things woo-woo with an old friend of mine. Um, Today, we will be talking about Reiki. Um, Reiki is a form of alternative therapy commonly referred to as energy healing. It emerged in Japan in the late 1800s and is said to involve the transfer of universal energy from the practitioner's palms to the patient. And that's what I know about Reiki, but let's let's bring it up to date from the 1800s to 2020. This is a year where we need a lot of healing and I'm very, very happy to welcome Melanie Markle to the show. She is a practitioner of this type of healing. Welcome. Thanks, Nicole. I appreciate you having me. Yay. I appreciate you getting into all of this. Um, one of my other favorite shows, we were talking a little bit about hoodoo and voodoo and I think at this point everyone's got a little bit of sage and palo santo in the house right I think so I mean I've noticed something that you know in recent years I think collectively we're waking up to a lot of the stuff that's been around for a really long time and it's something that I feel collectively we're ready to explore a lot more I feel like a lot of people are a lot more open to it than they have been in the past yeah I I read maybe like five years ago that alternative healing, like the amount of practitioners and just the growth of the industry was just going to explode because people are going to be wanting, you know, better therapies for themselves and being more open to different kinds of alternative healing. And so I would just love to know um, about how were you introduced to Reiki and what made you choose that over, let's say, you know, acupuncture or massage therapy or, you know, any anything that is considered Eastern medicine? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for asking. So the further that I went into my own healing journey, um, you know, which started about several years ago, uh, the more I felt drawn to, I mean, really in a broader sense, healing others through touch or empowering others to heal via touch. So a lot of the work that I do, so I do Reiki healing and I also do therapeutic human touch. Um, So everything that I do is sort of at the intersection of touch and healing and um, emotional exploration. So Reiki fits in really beautifully with that. And so I felt really drawn to exploring energy work. And um, finally, I did my Reiki certification last year and I recently got my master's certification and um, I plan to start teaching soon as well. And it's just something that's been really, Reiki is such a beautiful energy to work with. And it's something that... um, I've really gotten a lot of uh, meaning and joy out of of working with. So thanks for asking. Yeah. So what is a certification process like? Is it like a traditional, you know, four-year college program or is it something a lot shorter? Is it something that you could, even in during coronavirus, something you could earn um, certification online? You know, how, how did you train? 
Yeah, that's a great question. So Reiki is really uh, unique in the sense that obviously it's very important to learn about Reiki, learn how to work with the energy. And also so much of it is intuitive um, and it's sort of a relationship um, with tuning into the wisdom of Reiki. So the biggest part of the training is going to be the attunement or in um, newer forms of Reiki, it's called the placement of the energy. So essentially, it's a guided meditation that's intended to connect you to the Reiki energy so you're able to be a channel for the Reiki energy. Um, and it might help if I talk a little bit more about you know what Reiki is and all of that. So as you said, Reiki is a form of energy healing. Um, it works with our body's energetic field. So if you think about how the earth has its own biomagnetic field, each of our bodies has its own energy field as well. And so, like you said, Reiki itself is the universal life force energy that flows through all of us. Um, As a channel for the Reiki energy, you're then able to deliver a really potent, we'll say dose, (laughs) very clinical word, but um, a potent amount of that energy. And um, what that does is sort of clears stagnant energy, empowers, you know, the healing process. And um, we can go more into that, but back to the training, so the most important piece is becoming a conduit for the Reiki energy. And the reason it's done in stages, you'll you'll have a level one Reiki, wait some time, do level two, sometimes those are combined. Then you'll be able to move on to the master level and then go further from there. And the reason for that is that as you're attuned to the Reiki energy, it kind of modifies your own energy as well. And sort of your vibration shifts as you become a channel for the Reiki energy. So it needs to be sort of done incrementally so that your body's able to adapt and sort of be able to meet the energy um, at that vibration level. So let let me ask you this, where does the energy come from in terms of the practitioner? If you're seeing different patients with different energy fields, Mm -hmm. um, the practitioner, where are you drawing the energy from? I know that it's not a religion, but it's spiritual in nature. It is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, and this is where it starts to get really woo. (laughs) No, I want to get woo as fuck. No, no, that's just, it is what it is. And it's so interesting because I feel, I, I mean, I work and I do a lot of spiritual practices. I work with Reiki and energy and intuition and all of that. Um, but I, I always try to bring it as much as I can down to the practical. But the, the fact of the matter is there's just things that we haven't studied enough to be able to prove how it works. And so that's where I'm always um, cognizant of how it sounds. But yeah. So Reiki really is, like I said, it's the universal life force energy. So Reiki is a part of all of us we have Reiki in us all the time. So essentially, um, when you ask where it comes from, it really, it comes from all around and it's a very divinely guided energy. It's one of the reasons I love working with it. So um, it essentially, like we're drawing on energy from the purest, most divine source. And um, it's really, as far as, I mean, that's something as humans, I don't think we can actually really know. I can't pinpoint, you know, where exactly the Reiki energy comes from, but um, it is all around us. And it's something that is guided as the practitioner works with it. Yeah. You know how when people meet people and are like, I don't like her aura or I don't really like her, her energy. It's like you get a vibe. Oh, absolutely. We're all with energy all the time. And it's something that we kind of don't necessarily have language for to realize what we're doing, but we're all so much more tuned into energy and our own intuition than we give ourselves um, credit for or that we even acknowledge for sure. Yeah, it's really weird. It's like, for instance, with my younger brother, we're pretty close. And mm-hmm. um, 
will call each other at the same time or will text the same thing or um, even with his wife the other day something really specific um, I was talking about um, I text her about like DNA testing randomly <laughs> and she was just like oh my god Kenny was just talking about that you, you know it's just really interesting energy like you think of a song the song comes on you know I'm definitely I know that I have the tendencies to join a cult <laughs> like I was watching <laughs> Wild Wild Country and I was like I'm totally the um uh Ragnishi I think they were called that um I'm totally the person who's gonna wear the all purple or the burgundy and uh <laughs> you know follow the Bhagwan you know I'm I'm so that person but the, you know the other part of me is rooted into the earth to have other risings and things like that you are a cancer right i am cancer sun and cancer moon oh wow okay so i'm um aquarius and then i i believe that i'm a cancer rising with a, a moon in leo so that's mm-hmm. where a lot a lot of the hard working comes from and a lot of heart and loyalty comes from that um but then aquarius's are you know notorious for being cold as shit and then you know cancers <laughs> are very emotional so they kind of you know soften up the aquarian coldness um so Got a nice balance there yeah yeah nice balance and um i feel like you know like with everything like in the 80s so many things like reiki acupuncture a lot of the yoga a lot of the eastern medicine really started to kind of hit the mainstream here in america where normally those doctors or um people practicing that were called like quacks you know even like people who are chiropractors were considered uh, you know like a quack but my aunt was an an alternative doctor and um, she was a naturopath and a chiropractor nutritionist and also had practiced acupuncture and I think there was like a renaissance where a lot of them were learning a lot of different things where now kind of like the hair salon you have the person that cuts the person that does color you know the person that blow dries you it's all Mm -hmm very niche of a niche of a niche and um even when you think about watching star wars and they talk about the force like i vibe with that like if you are not open to feeling it you probably won't feel it right oh absolutely and it's wild you know like like you were saying how you feel you'll be thinking about somebody and you'll call them and they were thinking about you as well we all have so much access to all of this and um yeah it's so it's so wild to feel in day to day even when we're not trying to the interconnectedness of how we all are tuned into this this energy around us so um when someone so i say that to say that I forgot who made the famous statement. I don't know if it, know if it was Abe Lincoln or not, but or Na- even Napoleon Hill. I read so many like crazy woo woo books, but um, whether you think you can or think you can't, either way, you're right. So someone who is skeptical is probably not going to be able to receive treatment well versus someone who who is open. I mean, would you agree with that or? Yeah, absolutely. People that are like oh, that's like bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, our, our thoughts can sort of guide our energy in that way. So someone who's really closed off to it, their energy is also going to be closed off to it. Um, and so that is important to at least, I mean, you don't have to, I mean, I think approaching any of this stuff with a healthy amount of 
like critical thinking I think is really important or skepticism or you know like really um thinking for ourselves I think is very important but it's important to approach with a sense of openness so that you can actually be open to receiving what the experience is like for you I have had um sessions with clients it's only actually happened surprisingly a couple of times but with people whose whose energy was just so closed off I couldn't even I could just feel it intuitively I'm like you on an energetic soul level you do not want this right now so I can't reach you you know but for the most part um I find that everyone is more open than they think even if they're like I don't know on an energetic level um we all kind of have this higher intelligence operating below the surface at all times and we all have access to it and some of us are are more in tune with that and more to it but we all have the capacity to become more sensitive to it yeah I um I've had conversations about skepticism before um I had another friend and uh she really didn't believe in any of it or but I think she went to like a reader and when she went to the reader she walked in and just immediately she wasn't even a crier normally she was just crying and just very emotional before the reader could even welcome her or address her or even begin the reading and she was just emotionally crying so I think like when you bury it for so long too it it can kind of build up you know I think on a day-to-day we're all doing the things I feel like I'm doing a lot of things I'm writing the gratitude I'm prayerful I'm into intention and meditation and I try to monitor my emotional response to things I think I, I don't think I think most of us are on autopilot a little bit and most people aren't in tune to their emotions on a day-to-day even on an hour-to-hour like that oh yeah absolutely and I think there's a couple pieces to that you know growing up we're really our, our culture doesn't value um I'll say emotional sensitivity you know we tend to be a very productivity oriented culture and so feelings are inconvenient you know we don't actually give ourselves the tools we don't give our children the tools a lot of us to really be in tune with what's going on in our inner world um the outer and the uh, metrics and achievements are valued over the really nuanced emotional experience of being a human and so um it's it's no wonder that a lot of us really you know until we start doing that that inner work and seeking out um support with that we really don't have the tools or even understand how to navigate that inner world so you're totally right about that yeah I feel like especially this year with so many people furloughed and out of work and sick and losing loved ones and you know racial unrest civil unrest um wildfires in LA I mean 2020 is just the gift that keeps on giving and I feel like um, a lot of people are more in tune to what's happening to them emotionally being you know sheltered in place and quarantined and um, I just think that especially now you see how important it is to lead with EQ as much as IQ and I was reading a lot of how to lead during a global pandemic a lot of that is on LinkedIn and how to emotionally guide your staff and um, things like that so I just I just love that everyone even the skeptic this year I feel like everyone has had to address um, you know low-grade depression or sadness or grief in some form or fashion 
this year. So I love that you are a practitioner. You're someone kind of facilitating the healing. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. And you're so right about that. This year has been um, an immense struggle for so many people. And I also feel um, that it's having, you know, collectively we're waking up at, at just such a an accelerated rate this year because of everything that's happening. Um, I feel like in some ways we're so detached from each other right now, but in some ways it's bringing us more emotionally together. And there's a, we're all in the together mentality that I think um, in some ways is coming out of this. In some ways that, you know, there are other things that have felt a little bit divisive as well, to say the least. But um, why did I bring that up? I was just, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> like, where was I going with that? But... No, because we are all in this together. Mm-hmm. And um, I think we're all looking for something, you know, different methods work with different people like when we were talking about like Chinese energetic medicine or Qigong or Tai Chi there's all kinds of like things that work with different people if they feel like they're getting exercise out of it they feel a little bit more connected to it Um, or if they're getting better sleep because they they do a wind down meditation every night then that's how they're restoring their energy everyone is channeling it and supporting it in a different way um but just to get into some of the specifics, someone books a session with you and without, you know, removing the veil too much to see, you know, the Wizard of Oz, <laughs> when, when someone books with you and they're, they come to see you. And I also want to kind of get into how you're doing it remotely, but in a, a normal session, if you see someone, how does it? happen and do they close their eyes they take a deep breath do you actually lay hands do you lay hands near like what is the process yeah that's a great question so i mean there's really yeah there's no allusion to it there's no um i I can be completely open book about what that's going to be like so essentially the energy is all guided by intention so i can either do this is really wild i can either do a session in person um which means that there's touch involved um based on whatever is comfortable for the client so some clients prefer a little bit of distance but most clients prefer the element of human touch um and at that point i do a meditation there are certain symbols that i'm you know reiki symbols that i'll be invoking to do my treatment and then we get started and i'm i'm it's very free-flowing according to what i'm intuitively picking up on and what the client needs so um i'll focus on the areas of the client that need the most attention um oftentimes when i'm doing a session i'll get information or just kind of intuitive energetic information for me it often comes through as sort of abstract um either emotions, like often I'll feel things in my body that they might be feeling or colors or things that that kind of give me clues to where they might need some support. And so um, I'll often share with the client whatever does come through for them during their session. Um, And as far as a distance healing session, it's, it's very similar. And it doesn't, because the energy is all guided by intention, really time or space are not limitations. So for a lot of people being in person and having that concrete experience of having hands on them is something that they really enjoy. Um, but really distance healing, I can do a healing session with somebody who's on the other side of the world and it's going to be exactly the same. So, um, it really, yeah, it really, there's no limitations there. So in, in that sense, really there hasn't been much affected by, 
um, social distancing when it comes to energy healing. In fact, it's actually been a really nice replacement for human touch. You know, it, it can't fully physiologically replace the experience of human touch, but I do find that energetically um, it can provide some of that warmth and that feeling of you know, a lot of my clients describe receiving Reiki as feeling like they've been wrapped in a warm blanket. You know, there's kind of that really comforting, loving element to Reiki energy that um, I think is extremely beneficial in this time when we feel so disconnected from each other. Yeah, um, that, I was wondering about that because I was like, how is she doing that remotely? But that's another thing with like, I guess, astrologers and tarot card readers, like they... They could do it over the phone when you can read you can just read it doesn't really matter if you're there in person although i've had some say that they like to meet you once and then going forward you could do phone calls um but i love that did you um in your healing journey did you receive reiki from someone and it, it was really beneficial for you at any point i did yeah i um one of my close friends, Lauren Feinerman, um, I received some Reiki healing from her and she was able to bring through information that just felt so resonant. And well, first of all, just even starting the session, I was just really, I mean, I was very open to the experience and I didn't know what to expect. Um, but it just felt so comforting and I could actually like feel when she started at my shoulders, there was like this like electric current that I was able to, I was actually able to physically feel the energy. And so I thought that was really, that was just really cool. And, um, it just felt so loving and peaceful. And she was able to share some information with me that felt really resonant and felt very supportive of my healing journey where I was at at that time. And, um, that experience, I was already curious about exploring energy healing for myself. Um, but that experience really solidified that this is something I wanted to be able to offer other people as well. Um, how do you feel about maybe the monetization of Eastern med me uh, medicine in terms of like, let's say, and I know she gets so much shit for this, but like, let's say like a goop where, you know, like goop lab, I watched that and she has, um, energy healers and things like that all kinds of controversial healing methods um that she undergoes and you know like the yoni eggs and things like that do you think that any of the intent gets lost when it becomes kind of celebrity driven um you know what i mean yeah, absolutely. And I think it's so important. And this is something that I've been doing a lot of intentional work around um, to really examine the ways that I have maybe been um, borrowing from things that I'm not fully understanding. I'm not fully honoring the full extent of where these where these origins are of these practices that we're doing. I think it's so important to um, really honor the cultures that we are choosing to engage with like these are some, some of these are such sacred practices that have been in other cultures for generations for centuries and it's so easy for us in our privilege and our you know to to kind of play in these other modalities as though um and kind of sort of pick and choose the things that we want to use you know even those of us who who use sage that's even something i've been more mindful about it's like how am i using this am i truly understanding the original t intent and the practice around using this 
or did I just see someone else do this? And I think it's important for us all to ask ourselves this, you know, did I see somebody else do this and I'm just gonna start doing it because it, it feels nice or it sounds good or am I gonna really educate myself on, you know, where did this come from? Who, who, um, yeah, like where did this originate? Am I honoring the yeah, sacredness like of where this? Sorry, I went out for a second. Um, the so like more like cultural appreciation versus like appropriation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was so interesting. You know, a friend of mine he posed the question. You know, we all do yoga, but has anyone ever actually had an Indian yoga teacher? And like no one has. Right? Like literally, he was just like, all my yoga teachers have been white women. <laughs> you right. know, I mean, just to like keep it real. Yeah. And um, there was a studio here in LA. And I don't know, I felt some kind of way, and it probably wouldn't fly today with all this like quote unquote wokeness and awareness, but the studio, it was like sports yoga. And it just felt so bro and dude, and it was like, no chanting, no oming, you know, just, just, you know, straight yoga, you know, to build strength and train. Like, it was just like, this yoga practice have become this like gold gym, you oh, know, wow. workout, yeah, yeah, workout class. Yeah. And, I, and I was like, and, and, I, and I, all I could feel, I had a reaction because I was like, oh, well, that's just fucked up. Like when you talk about the cherry picking. And then I was like, I like all that owning and chanting. That's what makes the yoga feel good. Not so much the poses, but the vibe. And that's actually what yoga is. You know, it's a deeply spiritual practice intended to connect us to our energy. So that's that's actually one of the most blatant examples I've ever heard of us picking and choosing. Be like, yeah, like you know just very bro yoga yeah that yeah that's what the um like the awning and everything the storefront everything said like no chanting no owning almost like god forbid you do that if you go there for a class you know um and i just thought it wasn't right i don't know i just felt like it was so wrong and i don't know i feel like a lot of these unfortunately a lot of these studios are probably no longer around after this year i took a ride to the doctor and it's like there's so many businesses either out of business or just boarded up until further notice um so it's 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 pretty on the street if you're paying attention it's pretty sad out there so i'm glad that you are in tune to origins because like you said um america in general i was it's a young country i always feel like we're kind of a little bit of a teenager going through puberty we have like really great ideas but we don't always execute them well we don't always see them through um and uh you know, people just want to feel good. They want the good part. Like, hurry up and get to the good part, kind of. What's the gratification here? And so, um, I'm glad that you're giving homage to where it comes from, you know, the history, the sacredness, the spiritual part. Um, that's the only reason, I think, to, to do it in the first place. Um, so that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And another thing that I've been considering, you know, it's a work in progress, you know, we're sort of steeped in this, like you said, instant gratification, unless we're doing the work ourselves, like 
you know, we have to be asking ourselves these questions. So that's something that's still a work in process for me too, work in progress rather. Um, but even uh, asking myself, you know, what's the environmental impact of what I'm doing? You know, burning a bunch of sage, like how many other people are doing the same thing? Are there other ways that I can clear a space? Maybe I can use a singing bowl to clear the energy in my space without burning sage every day or like every week. You know what I mean? Like these other ways, like just, just examining the impact of our actions and making sure we understand where and the just the ripple effect of, of everything that we're choosing to engage with and to use, I think is so important. Yeah, it, it's so funny you say that because, uh, you know, I read so many things so they all get all jumbled up the details in my mind, but it was a article about, you know, the dirty secret behind crystals, you know, and how like, children child labor they risk their lives like mine you know um crystals and things for us to then do our crystal healing here in america you know yeah right and not really being mindful about where they come from and now that that's a market you know crystals and you know palo santo is supposed to be petrified wood that takes 17 years to produce you know so at what point is it are you rushing the process? Yeah, absolutely. And then at that point, it gets back to what we were talking about before. Like now we're just missing the point of the pra- the entire practice. <laughs> we're like, well, yeah. we'll just cut down the trees and then get them that way. It's like, well, now that's not at all honoring what the actual significance is. So yeah, totally. Yeah, at least like the people who developed these sacred rituals had a very tight relationship whether you're talking about indigenous people Mm -hmm. indigenous people globally had a relationship with the land with the seasons you know with the climate and um that's where a lot of these come from when you think about quote unquote like a rain dance or something like that um and now it's like you go to target and there's like a you know a a energy kit or whatever you know or like at urban outfitters it's just so yeah absolutely so funny to me like the com- uh, oh go ahead no go go, go oh ahead. i was just gonna add on to what you were saying yeah it's like this commodification of these deeply sacred practices um and they kind of get co-opted by people with lots of privilege who can just play in them to whatever extent they feel comfortable playing in you know we kind of yeah, yeah. And, and no one would ever play around with you know christianity because that's the dominant religion no one would be like oh you know like it was a moment where everyone was uh, oh i'm kabbalah now and they wear the red string and really it's the more mystical um side of being jewish but a lot of those actresses are not kabbalah anymore so people don't dab to like oh yeah i'm christian now like no one dabbles <laughs> And, you know, oh, yeah, like, I'm super Catholic now. Like, no one dabbles in a Catholicism because it's considered sacred and we have respect for it here. Like, even when Trump is holding up that Bible upside down, we're like, yo, like, it's, like, rude to, um, you know, really, really committed Christians. And, um, but, you know, giving that same grace and same respect to to everything else. It's not a fad. It's a it's a lifestyle it's a a a journey you know a commitment right we have a long way to go but I do feel like this year has been a wake-up call for so many people uh, myself included that really has deepened my my commitment to examining these things and I, I do see that as much as I see the exact opposite you know there's there's 
um, a lot of carelessness and a lot of people who aren't paying attention to that. But in some ways, I have seen a lot of other people um, stepping into that more deeply, which is um, if we can point to one tiny sliver of hope that's come from 2020 so far, it's that people are waking up. Yeah, it's definitely a wake up call. Um, People are definitely more present. So if someone wants to um, do what you did, take the journey, start practicing Reiki, um, what would you advise? Should they receive treatment first? Should they just study a lot just to kind of get the knowledge? Um, What's like the first step you think I would say I mean really it it would be tuning into what you feel like is the right next step for you you don't need to have any experience with Reiki to be attuned to Reiki energy again that's the most important part enabling yourself to do Reiki having some awareness about it and a desire to work with the Reiki energy is is the main is the main thing so feel free to do some research about reiki so that you're more familiar but a reiki level one class is very introductory they're often you know it's it's very basic level it's basically after reiki level one you'll be able to do treatment on yourself and on animals and plants and things like that so it's very very low stakes like doing an introductory reiki course is a great way to feel out whether you feel working with reiki energy is right for you and at the very least you'll kind of get a little energetic upgrade and give yourself some healing in the process so i think anyone who's considering doing it um should absolutely uh try it out Reiki on plants. Now, this is something I have to learn about because these plants, some days they're good, some days not so good. They're very fickle. Um, so I might have to like <laughs> Google that. I'm like, Reiki on plants. I didn't even realize that like basically all living things have the energy to receive Reiki. Yeah, absolutely. And there are, I wouldn't say there's wildly different types of Reiki, um, but one thing that um, is helpful to be mindful of is is what the lineage of, of the Reiki practitioner you're going to train with. I personally um, look into Holy Fire Reiki, which, you know, the way I like to describe it, it's kind of like the latest iOS of Reiki, so to speak. But um, you know, collectively, we're evolving as humanity and the kind of the Reiki energy evolves over time too. So Holy Fire Reiki is the most... Um, recent and most potent version of the Reiki energy and it's the attunement process is you connecting directly to the Reiki energy so if anyone has the option I would encourage them to seek out Holy Fire Reiki versus um, the standard Asui Reiki but either is great like really you can't go wrong so really people should defer to what they feel intuitively guided towards. Okay and then if they want Reiki from you because of course they do how do we find you? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm doing a little bit of a site overhaul now that because I was doing um, therapeutic human touch work or cuddle therapy before COVID hit. And so now I'm switching my practice to focus almost exclusively on energy healing. So my website is in progress, but my scheduling page is risingheart.as.me. All right. Well, I am super interested and obsessed now this is what's going to happen now I'm going to read like every single thing and watch every YouTube on Reiki because that's me I'm somewhat of a journalist which pretty much makes you a maniacal researcher (laughs) at heart Um, and I hope to get a session soon actually um, because I had a health scare and now I've kind of bounced back a little bit but you know 
without the mind and without the spirit, the body, it's all connected, I feel. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, we're not cars. You just can't like change the muffler and then boom. You know, a lot simpler that way, but right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I appreciate your time and something and you have to wear something in terms of energy too guys so it's not just the clothes it's also the vibe it starts um, there yeah yeah and you know when all of this is over Melanie is based in Chicago my hometown it's so funny we kind of were in living in the upside world where Melanie who was in LA and I was in Chicago and now she's in Chicago and I'm in LA um so you know after all of this craziness is over it'd probably be um wonderful to see her in person but until then um rising heart you can find her there and until next time as i always say peace thanks for having